The talk you're about to listen to is a presentation of Penn State Crew. To find out more about Penn State Crew or to find more talks, music, and videos, check out PennStateCrew.org. So I wanted to start off praying or showing you a prayer that I prayed during a really hard season of my life. And so sophomore year is when I first started seeing that my parents' relationship was really rocky. And I started praying confidently to God to heal their marriage. And so I wanted to read you a few of these entries over this period of time that I prayed my sophomore year. So one of them says, Please put an urge in my parents' hearts to work on their marriage and love each other again. Please help my parents to be working on their marriage. Help their marriage to stay strong and help them to want to work on it. I give you my parents' situation. You know what's best for them and for our family. Please help our family to come back together for the sake of my siblings. Please help me to know what I should do in this situation and be constantly looking for your guidance. I would love for them to get back together, but I'm trusting in your wisdom. Please help my parents' marriage to be getting better. Help my family to stay close and help my parents to work on their relationship. I need your help with my parents' situation, Lord. Give me the courage and the wisdom to talk to my mom about it. Help me to get through to her and be changing both her and my dad's heart, Lord. Please help me not to get frustrated or upset about it, but I just continue to give you the whole situation. And so... I just want us tonight to really learn how we can be confident going to the Lord in prayer. And so before I start, I wanted to hear how this past week has been going for you guys. We're going through this challenge together, and I want to know how it's been, how you guys are feeling about it. And to do that, we're going to use this cool software that we used at Winter Conference called Menti. And what it is is that you're actually going to be posting your answers on your phone, And so this allows us to actually see the answers posted live on the screen so that we're not just hearing like a couple people call out, but we get to hear what everyone is feeling. So pull out your phones and log in to menti.com. And then you'll use the code 48856, it doesn't need to be spaces, to log into the specific session for this. You'll notice when you get on that there's a button that says ask a question. That's how you'll be able to ask questions tonight. And then I'll be able to answer those at the end. Or if I don't get to that, I'll make sure to post answers to that in the crew link next week. Um, So the first question, I'm going to create this word cloud with your answers. And so to set this up right, we need to make sure that we're giving correct answers. I'm going to be asking, what kind of things have you guys been asking God for this past week? And if you were to say something like, oh, this is perfect, say like a one-word thing. If you say a specific thing like passing my chemistry exam, it's not going to show up great. So this is really cool. It looks like the main thing is confidence. The word will get bigger when there's more entries about that particular word. So peace is winning. That's really cool because we're going to touch on peace this talk. So I see strength and wisdom, healing, relationships, wisdom, 
is so wisdom, relationships, peace, strength, and surrender are some cool things that we're going to address tonight. Okay, next question. When you've been praying this past week or in your past life, where's your confidence level at? Not so confident, pretty confident, or I don't really pray. Pretty confident, not so confident, I don't really pray. Cool. That's actually really encouraging. I kind of assumed not so confident was going to be super high compared to pretty confident. So that's actually really, really encouraging. And I think we're going to learn exactly what it means to be confident when we pray to God, um, because that could possibly change this answer for you guys. Okay, so I think our level of confidence really is because there's a lot of barriers that we have in our minds when we go to God in prayer. So this next question, what are the barriers to praying confidently? You can be specific with this one and type in a personal barrier that you've had, and we'll get to see the specific answers pop up. So time, that's probably meaning not having enough time, not knowing what to say, past sins, lack of trust in God, scared God won't love me for who I actually am. Gab, you might be able to scroll down to see. There we go. Lack of faith, that's a huge one. Not having seen results. I totally relate to that. Afraid of what the answer is. We saw that one. Not patient enough. Doubts. Feeling like I'm not worth it. Not seeing results immediately. False beliefs. Sometimes it feels as if there's no way he could answer such a big prayer. Not being loved, not trusting God's will for me. This is awesome because I think even though most of you said you were pretty confident, these doubts still are in our minds and they still affect how we pray. And so I'm going to hopefully address a lot of these tonight. Cool, thanks Gabby. Um, so to lay a foundation, I think it's really important to make sure that we see that the biggest barrier that has kept us from God has already been torn down. And that's because Jesus is our high priest. It says in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, that he, because of what he did on the cross, that he has kind of tore down that barrier that kept us from approaching God. And it says, let us draw to God with confidence to the throne of grace that we may seek help and find mercy in our time of need. Tom addressed this last week. And so if we don't have this as our barrier, it's almost impossible to go to God with confidence. And this verse says that Jesus won that confidence, that there should be no barrier at all when we approach God. So all those things that we wrote, is not God, it's our own barriers. There's nothing that God has in his place for us to come to him. He's torn down everything, yet we allow these barriers to come up. So building off of that confidence, that foundation that Jesus has won for us, why do we still lack confidence? And I, as I was thinking about this, a cool realization came to mind that I think 
Our lack of confidence points directly to our lack of confidence in God. So our lack of confidence in prayer points directly to our lack of confidence in God. If we truly believe that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do, why would we lack the confidence to pray to him? And so I'm going to break down some big characteristics of God that we can believe about him and that should shape our prayer life. A really cool quote by John Piper, he says, the main way that God deepens, strengthens, and awakens confidence in prayer is not through answered prayer. It's by the word of the living God. When God says, I hear you, we should believe him. And I think a lot of times these unanswered prayers or this waiting for God to answer is what makes us lack confidence. And yet we can have confidence because of who God is, independent of the result of the prayer. And so I think it will be really helpful to see an example of a confident prayer in Scripture. Um, So before we dive into that, I'm going to pray for our time together. Father, I thank you that right now I can come to you confidently because Jesus has won me access to you. Father, I ask that you would allow me to lay this talk down to you, willing to have it go in whatever direction. And I just ask, Father, that you would move in each of our hearts so that at the end of this, each one of us would have a barrier torn down that we would believe the truth about you and that our prayer lives would be changed and because of that, we would be transformed and our world would be transformed. I give this talk to you and I ask that you'd use me, Lord. In your name, amen. Okay, so we're going to be going through Psalm 17. If anyone does not have a Bible, raise your hand. There's going to be people able to give you one. If you don't actually have a Bible, please take this because this is our gift to you that you can be reading the word on your own throughout the week. So turn to Psalm 17. I'm not actually going to really be teaching on this. I just want to use this as an example for us to pick apart and see ways that we can be confident to God. Um, As you're turning there, I want to give you some background. This is a psalm where the psalmist is lamenting to God because an enemy has accused him of something that he does not believe he did. He believes he's in the right, and this um, enemy is accusing him of wrong. Just as context for it, we're going to start in verse 6. I should open up this. Okay, it says, I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my words. As I continue reading, I want you to be looking for the ways that the psalmist is confident in his prayer to God. And then I'll see what you guys find. Verse 7. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths, they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion eager to tear. 
as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure, they are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Okay, look over that again. And anyone who sees something, call out times that you see the psalmist confidently calling out to God. What do you see? Mm -hmm. I know you will answer. That is so cool. He knows God will answer him. We'll pick that apart in a little bit. Anyone else? Arise, O Lord. He can boldly say that to God. Arise, O Lord, listen to me. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. We'll pick apart that later. That might be something you guys might not have seen. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Anything else? You will. Yeah, that's really bold. Do he? I shall be satisfied. I love that you saw that. Yeah. I think you guys got most of them. So what we'll do is I'm going to break apart these in categories of a characteristic of God that we can be confident about. So first we're going to see that God is a faithful provider, then that he is a good father, and lastly that he's all satisfied. So first, we're going to look at how he's a faithful provider. So you can see this in verses 6 and 7. You guys mentioned this. In verse 6, it says he knows that God will listen and respond. It says, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. The psalmist knows that when he approaches God, God hears, and God will respond. And so that response is super key. God will always ultimately respond. It just may not be on our timing, and it not, may not be with the answer that we want, but he will respond, and the psalmist is confident of that. It says, wondrously show your steadfast love. That means that he knows God has steadfast love. He's asking him to show that to him. He's seen that steadfast love in the past, and he can confidently ask for it again. He sees God as a faithful provider of refuge. He seeks the Lord. So he knows these characteristics and truths about God, and he goes to them asking for them, believing that he will receive them because he knows who God is. His confidence in God has allowed him to be confident in his prayers. And we see this in 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. And so I totally forgot to give you all this paper I printed. Please find it in the back. I'll have these um, little handouts that you can take with you um, on the table outside. There's these promises that God has specifically laid out in Scripture that have brought me a ton of hope and peace. 
And I wanted you guys to have these to see that God is able to be faithful to his word. Um, So the first one that we see is in salvation. Romans 10.9 says, But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is a promise that when we come to God with that prayer, we will have salvation. And that's a hope that we can have for our friends, that when they pray that to God, they will have salvation. Another cool one is forgiveness. In Ephesians 1.7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Jesus has won forgiveness. And so when we come to God praying, Lord, I confess my sins to you, please forgive me. It's, we've already won that forgiveness. We come to God confessing that, knowing that he's already forgiven us. These next two have specifically brought so much joy to me that I want to share with you guys because I think it can really speak to things that you're going through right now. So peace. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If we can come to God saying, God, I give you my anxiety, please help me, he promises that the peace of God will transcend our hearts. And so whatever anxiety you guys are feeling, as soon as you pray it and give it to God, you can, that next second, know that the Holy Spirit will bring us peace. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that promise that I can believe, and it was crazy how I was then able to pray confidently and actually feel that peace right away. The last one is wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all, and he will have wisdom. And so a lot of you ask us, I don't know what to do about my future. I don't know what to do this summer. And you're seeking for this guidance. And God promises that if you ask him for wisdom, he will give it. If you ask him for wisdom, he will give it. And maybe he's not going to give you the exact answer, but trust me, he will give you wisdom to walk step by step with him, clearly following his spirit. And so you need to believe that promise that you will have that wisdom, that God is a faithful provider, and that we can confidently believe that about him. Okay, second, he is a good father. And this one is so beautiful to see in um, the scripture, and that's um, exactly what Kyle pointed out. So verse 8, it says, he knows he already is the apple of his eye. I love this so much. It says, keep me as the apple of your eye. He already knows he's the apple of God's eye, and he's praying, God, keep me as that. Do we boldly know that? That we could pray that without doubt, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. He's a good father who delights in his children, and he loves us more than we can ever imagine. Then he knows that God can give him the shadow of his wings, this protection. He's this father that wants to hold his arms open to us and say, come to me, come in the shadow under my wings. I want to protect you. I want to show you my love as a father. And so 
He knows this about God's character, and he's asking for it. We see this in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks, who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Guys, he's waiting for his children to come to him and to ask him for things, and he loves to give you good gifts. He delights in blessing us. And I think this comes into play when we think of maybe those things that seem like silly requests. I know Hannah mentioned over the weekend that she has been praying to God for a refrigerator. And you may think, oh, I shouldn't be praying for something like that. Yes, God is a father who wants to bless you with a refrigerator. Other things like that. I've honestly prayed, like, God, I need something today. And I think of, like, Josh bringing me French fries because that is my love language is free food. And God just, like, loves to know our heart's desires, and he loves to bless us. And he wants to answer our gifts or answer our requests and gift us with that. This psalmist knew that he is a good father, and we need to believe that about God as well so that we can have confidence in him and thus confidence in prayer. Okay, this last one I really wanted to focus on. He is all satisfying. And what's really cool is that we see actually a contrast between verse 14 and verse 15. So verse 14, he's talking about the men of the world that he sees around them, that their womb has this treasure, that they are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. And then he says, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. He's saying that these people, yes, may be having earthly satisfaction, but he's found the true satisfaction. And he's okay that he doesn't maybe have the things that they have because he has a better thing. And I love this last part. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. He's talking about after he dies. When he awakes, he will behold the face of God and be satisfied. I don't often feel like I can say that and believe it. And I'm curious how many of you really have that true satisfaction in God knowing that even if I die, I will be satisfied. And I love this so much in Daniel. Um, And you see their confidence in God, independent of how God answers their requests. And I think this is maybe a huge struggle for all of us. We have confidence in God when he answers our requests the way we want to. And what happens if God doesn't answer them the way that we were planning? Does our confidence get shaken then? So I love this in Daniel. Um, This is when King Nebuchadnezzar had this golden statue that he wanted everyone to worship. And if you guys remember, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we will not worship anyone but God. And so they were going to be thrown in the fiery furnace. And this is so beautiful. Verse 17 says, 
If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. They can believe that God is powerful enough to save them, and they truly know that he is capable of that. But then they can say, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. But if not, and I want all of us to leave being able to lay our requests before Jesus and say, but if not, I will worship you because I believe you are all satisfying. And that we can trust him, that he is a good father who knows what's best for us. And so as I was preparing for this, I read this really cool article um, of this dad whose little girl prayed day after day that her teddy bear would talk. She asked God, hey, can you make my teddy bear talk? And it was the sweetest thing. And he wrestled, should I correct her theology? I really don't think that's like something he would do. And then he realized, no, that's beautiful. She believed her God can do that. And she is not afraid to lay any requests before him. So he didn't feel the need to step in and correct her request. He delighted that she was willing to go to her father, and he trusted God that either he would make her teddy bear talk, or he would mature her request to start desiring better things. And that is such a beautiful statement. I want us to continue to go to God like little children saying, God, can you make my teddy bear talk? But if not, I know that you are good. And we should feel like we can go to God with teddy bear requests and that he delights to hear us and he delights to know what's on our heart and that we would trust God, that he cares way more about our fundamental need, our fundamental need to know him more and not maybe some of our felt needs. I think we have a lot of felt needs that we get upset about when God doesn't answer. But then maybe down the road we see, whoa, God did that because he cared more about my fundamental needs. And I pray that for all of us, that we would be willing to give our desires for God to God so that he can mature them, so that one day we can say, all I want, God, is you. I don't need these other requests because if I have you, that is enough. And we can say, God, you satisfy me. I believe you are a faithful provider. I believe you are a good father. And I believe you are satisfying. I'm going to pray confidently to you. But if not, you are still worthy of my worship. And so I shared with you one of my journal entries from my sophomore year about my parents' marriage. That burdened me so much. And I believed, why wouldn't God want to answer this? This is a good prayer. Of course he wants to heal marriage. And so I prayed boldly till my senior year, prayer after prayer after prayer. And everyone in my Bible study, my discipler knew this was burdening my heart. And so I wanted to share with you my journal entry. Um, I think this is four years later. This would be the... Um, right after I graduated. So, prayed, prayed, prayed for this request. 
and then God finally answered it. And he answered it with a no. And last semester of my senior year, my dad called me and said, Catherine, your mom and I are getting a divorce. And that was really hard. And I prayed this prayer about five months after hearing that. I said, I love thinking about looking to fill my holes with Jesus instead of answers. I don't need answers. I really want them, yet I really don't. I think it will bring the healing I need, but I know it will bring a lot of pain. God, are you trying to protect me? Would you have my parents get a divorce just to bring me closer to you? I really doubt that. It's not just my life and my pain. It's weird to think that you could have fixed it, but you chose not to. Why did you choose not to? How is it going to benefit everyone else? Should I be concerned about that? Does it matter? What is your plan for healing? Will I get answers and reconciliation? Will I be confused and sad for the rest of my life? Are hard conversations in my future? You know what I want, but you also know what I need. Please give me what I need and help me to accept it. And yet, it wasn't until writing this talk that I, whenever I thought of praying a bold request, so praying that when I'd go sharing that someone would come to know Christ, in the back of my head, I kept thinking of this situation I kept thinking, but God said no to that. And that was something I prayed for for three and three and a half years. And so I, I just couldn't believe that he would do it. I let myself have a lack of confidence in my God, and that gave me a lack of confidence in prayer. And so I'm with you guys. I'm struggling with this. And I let myself define my confidence in prayer based on the answer that I got that I didn't like. And I think finally, through this talk, he has broken that down and allowed me to heal. And I hope the same for you guys, that you can start reading the word and learning more about God and having this confidence in prayer. Because even though my family is broken and will be broken for the rest of my life, I can stand before you and say, my God is a faithful provider. He is a good father. And he is all satisfying. And I can believe that the words in the Bible are true about him. And so I want you to think about that. How can we pray confidently? Maybe you guys need a first step. And so I would encourage you to read the Psalms as prayers to God. They are truth. They are his will, and so that's a great first step. If you don't think I could pray confidently to God on your own, read the word to him. The Psalms are prayers to God. You can start there. I also love praying worship songs to God, and that helps align myself to the truth that I can be confident about. And so I want us to think about these questions, and I'm going to give you some reflection time to actually practice praying right now confidently to God. And so here are some questions I want you to think about. 
Is God still the most satisfying thing to you when he doesn't meet your felt needs? And then what request is the hardest for you to pray confidently right now? What's the impossible that you need to pray for? Because Ephesians says that he is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or even imagine. And I want us to pray those teddy bear requests to him and then sacrifice it and say, but God, you know what is best, not my will, but your will. And so a song is going to pray, play, and then let's just pray right now to ourselves and reflect on those questions. And I hope that this can characterize our prayers for the rest of this series. So go ahead and think about these questions.
Cool. So we're going to enter in time, into a time of worship, and if you would like more prayer about some of the things you were reflecting on and praying about, there will be part of our worship team or prayer team up here for you to get prayer about. Please, if I can pray for you in any way, approach me during prayer. I would love that. But also, please come talk to me in the back. I want to be available if I can talk to any one of you after um, worship and the meeting is over. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much that because of who you are and what the word has said about you, that there is no barrier to coming before you confidently. And I ask that you would grow our hearts to be more confident and grow our desires to ask things that delight you and that we could leave here having taken one step closer to you. In your name, amen. The talk you have just listened to is a presentation of Penn State Crew. Crew is a community where the gospel captures hearts, transforms lives, and launches men and women into a lifelong adventure with Jesus Christ. To find out more about Penn State Crew or to find more talks, music, and videos, check out PennStateCrew.org. That's PennStateCRU.org. This talk is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States license. You are free to copy and distribute this talk to others as long as you do not do it for commercial purposes or alter, transform, or build upon this talk in any way.